welcome to the Slow Wellness Podcast, where your host and nutritional therapy practitioner, Sandy Nazoli, teaches you how to connect with a sustainable, impactful, and consistently healthy life by following the foundational path to reenchantment. Slow Wellness. Reenchantment with nature, your body, and your soul. Some of the feedback I received after last week's podcast was the reminder to introduce myself. My name is Sandy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, and under the umbrella of an NTP, I have continued education units as a certified autoimmune protocol coach, a functional hormone specialist, and an herbalist. And like I said, all of those are kind of under the umbrella of being an NTP. I work one-on-one with clients as an NTP through my business, Woman Activated Nutritional Therapy, which you can go check out at womanactivated.com. I love using herbs to provide functional botanical support, but one of the biggest passions of mine, if I can compare them, which is hard to compare because I love all of them, but a big passion of mine is the concept of slow wellness, which I describe as the re-enchantment between nature and our body and soul. One of the definitions I've read for the term reenchantment was the recovery of the heroic views of human nature and their reinterpretation into modernism. So enchantment is to be spellbound or this feeling of great pleasure or delight, right? So if we take these definitions, then slow wellness is the recovery of the heroic nature of our body. So the recovery of our body being something that can help us and save us and be there for us, which in turn makes us feel great pleasure or delight or become spellbound by our body. And in order to accomplish this, we have to Um, not only view nature in the same way, so view nature as having this heroic attribute to it, so this way of helping us and supporting us and saving us like a hero does, but also acknowledging that we are part of nature and not separate from it and live like, like we're part of nature. So it's my goal to use this podcast as my outlet for sharing a life of slow wellness. And you can expect me to share tangible concepts and actionable steps to live this life of slow wellness and reenchantment. So yes, there's a lot of education and there's a lot of, you know, abstract, but I always try and bring it back around to channel that abstract into tangible concepts and actionable steps. Every single thing in nature has unique attributes that distinguish one thing from another in nature, and humans are no exception, right? We have unique attributes that make us uniquely human. So when we take these characteristics of being human into consideration, we have to ensure that we're caring for them in our wellness journey as much as we're caring for our body. Now, maybe in a future podcast, I'll go over what I have come to find those characteristics are specifically, but suffice it to say for now that the slow wellness approach 
encompasses those characteristics and make sure that we are caring for, nurturing, nourishing, and developing those characteristics in addition to our body. Today's podcast is all things celebrating spring equinox. Spring equinox is one of two times a year when we have equality of light and darkness, of day and night. So what do you think of when you think of the perfect equality of light and darkness? I tend to think of balance. And so that's really kind of an overarching theme for spring equinox, for me at least. And spring equinox lands exactly halfway between the winter and summer solstice. And there are many cultures that celebrate on or around this time with ceremony or ritual, myself included. People in the Middle East and Central Asia, including Iran, Turkey, Kyrgyzstan, celebrate something called Nowruz, which means New Day. Celtics and pagans celebrate Ostara and Alban Eiler on the Wheel of the Year. There's Higan in Japan and Qingmi in China and Holly in India because humans are inherently social and our ancestors understood the importance of community. Science even validates that ceremony and rituals are beneficial. Quote, in answer to the question of rituals and ceremonies actually working, it has been revealed through scientific research that rituals have resulted in enhancing the confidence and emotional stability in people in their abilities. End quote. Norton Gino, 2013. Let's celebrate together through this podcast. Like, let's connect through the airwaves by doing a gratitude breathing technique. Because for me, I see my own observance of the equinox as celebrating making it through another winter. So of course there's gratitude and there's the inviting the coming warmer season of summer. So I'm really trying to sink and even mirror what I'm observing in nature and and using it as an inspiration for my own ritual or ceremony. So let's celebrate together through a, a breathing technique. Studies show that shallow breaths, in addition to being associated with our fight-or-flight state of being, are also associated with a shorter lifespan, anxiety, low moods. But the good news is that deep, full breathing is associated with improved moods and can potentially help us with longer lifespans. It's also associated with lower levels of stress, anxiety, blood pressure, Professor Rory Ledbetter did his own little study with his college students to find out what causes restricted breathing, and he found that the primary causes of restricted breathing were, one, avoiding feeling something that we don't want to feel, and two, the fear of rejection or judgment, which, back to our attributes of being human, those are very human attributes, right? They're very inherently human experiences. Dr. Ledbetter went on to discover that by breathing freely and deeply in combination with the feeling of gratitude, our breath becomes more effective. Isn't that fascinating? So he came up with this form of breathing called connective flow, where you connect with yourself through your breathing 
while simultaneously connecting with something outside of yourself in gratitude. So let's go ahead and try Dr. Ledbetter's connective flow together. So you can do this wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you need to pause this to do this connective flow breathing a little more deeply, go ahead and pause it and then come back. I'm going to walk you through step by step. So step one, exhale deeply in an easy, relaxed, non-voiced sigh. So it's going to be And then step two, allow an inhalation through your nose. So rather than taking a breath, we're going to actually inhale in the way the body instinctively knows how. So again, an easy, relaxed, non-voiced sigh, and then an inhale through the nose. So let's do that together. Go ahead and keep breathing in this way. And the next step, number three, we're going to go ahead and relax our body. So release the shoulders and let them drop. Allow the back of the neck to lengthen. Let your abdomen relax and just hang out, or as Dr. Ledbetter says, or Professor Ledbetter, I'm sorry, says, go ahead and just let your beautiful belly hang out there. Allow your lower back ribs to expand. And now that you're relaxed and continuing the first two steps in how to breathe, we're going to add step four, which is to connect to something outside of yourself and focus on how grateful you are for that. So like for me, because this is a spring equinox ritual that I'm doing, I'm going to go ahead and focus on the woodpecker that just returned and the first robin that our family recently saw, the ground revitalizing and absorbing the rich hydration of the snow, the other critters returning, and probably most noticeable for me, I'm going to go ahead and focus on my gratitude this early spring for the longer days and the light of the sun staying for longer. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and anchor my focus outside of myself in gratitude on. So now we are breathing. We are relaxing our body. We are focusing on something outside of ourself and focusing on the gratitude we have for that. And then finally, step five is to go ahead and repeat this process until you feel a shift. Because this podcast today is focusing on spring equinox, we're not going to do any nutritional therapy today. And instead, we're going to go ahead and go over how to go about a plant journey. And I think spring equinox is a beautiful time to begin a plant journey, but it's important to note that plant journeys really never end. But it's a good time to start a plant journey for the season so that you can observe a plant and get to know a plant all throughout the season as it changes and as the environment around it changes. 
Different cultures perform plant journeys differently throughout the world. Some do tea ceremonies, others smoke journeys, and many of them do many of these things. So they share those things in common. I encourage you to research how your own ancestry may have done plant journeys. I like to think of the purpose of a plant journey as sort of like when you want to get to know someone better. You might ask them questions or spend more time with them. You might try and see them from different angles or perspectives. So it's really about getting to know it, right? So the first step is to decide which plant you want to get to know better. Maybe this is a plant that keeps coming up for you. So like for me, I know that most of my adult life, St. John's wort kept coming up for me. And I think it's because St. John's wort was always growing wild on every property I ever lived on. So maybe you have some plant like that in your own life. If you don't, maybe you could just pick something that comes up early in springtime for you, that sprouts early in springtime for you. So this would be something like red clover in my neck of the woods or a fungi um, if I were picking something in my neck of the woods. So that might be another option for you to decide which plant to do a plant journey with. So now that you have picked out what plant you'd like to do a plant journey with, next you'll want to actually get consent from this plant for whatever work you'd like to do with it. And I know that sounds funny when when I say that out loud, what I need permission from a plant to work with it. But think about it. When you reach for a thistle, do you think that plant is giving its consent for you to just reach out and touch it? And no. Absolutely not. Why? The thistle's going to poke you, right? That's an obvious one, but the fact is plants are in full communication with their ecosystems, and the ecosystems have learned to work with the plant in a way that helps that ecosystem thrive. And humans should approach a plant as if they are asking to be a part of that ecosystem. So to do this, the human attribute we need is humility, right? And humility is the primary human capacity to call on when we are asking for that permission to work with that plant. We want to be sure that we're approaching the plant with reverence as if they are a grandparent to us because plants are truly our elders. They've inhabited earth far longer than humans and will likely be here far after we've gone extinct. So now you've picked a plant You've gotten consent from that plant. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into the nuances of a plant journey at this time because we're just sort of launching one on the equinox, right? So a plant journey, like I said earlier, is ongoing and it can be a lifetime work, uh, a lifetime's worth of work. So I'm not going to get into the nuances, but... Now that we have picked it, here is a ritual to begin your relationship with this plant. During this ritual, remember that you're responsible for your emotions. If something comes up for you, you can stop at any time. If you're particularly triggered at this time in your life, it might not be a good time for this ritual. You want to do plant journey rituals when you're in a place to experience what the plant has to share with you. In other words, it's a relationship journey. 
I chose this particular ritual of a plant journey because equinox is so early here in spring that I can't go out with the plant growing yet. There's no plants growing yet. So um, it's a way for me to prepare for our journey together. It's a way for me to get ready for when it is outside growing. So it's a really an intro into our journey together. For this ritual, you're going to need a lit candle, a piece of the plant or tea made from the plant or to be sitting near the plant in nature, somewhere to tap your hand on a hard surface, and a journal and pen. So with your candle lit and either sitting with the plant or if the plant is safe for internal use, take a sip of tea of the plant. If you're sitting with it, hold it very gently in your hand and close your eyes and steadily focus on your breathing. Combine your breathing with your focus on the plant. Continue this for some time. Many cultures encourage a form of percussion beat to help you focus. This can be as simple as tapping your palm on a stump or even just the earth. Tap in even beats. As you're tapping, close your eyes and imagine yourself out in the wild. You walk to some place you feel safe. A beautiful moss forest with algae-covered ponds is just ahead. You walk up to the entrance, and at the entrance to the moss forest, there's a forest keeper. You ask the forest keeper if you can enter the moss forest. You offer them some honey from last summer as an offering. The forest keeper accepts the honey and steps aside for you to enter the moss forest. You are mesmerized by all the different types of moss and lichen and even notice the birds in the trees and the bugs that are flying around. You notice the different types of fungi on the forest floor growing on fallen branches and decomposing logs. You stoop down to get a closer look, and that's where you notice a small trillium. Now, trillium is the plant that I'm doing, and you can insert whatever plant you might be doing in at this point. You notice the features, counting each petal, leaf, and stamen, You look around and notice the other plants that grow around this plant. You gently touch the tip of one of the petals, careful to touch lightly. After some time observing the little trillium, you realize it's getting late. You walk back through the forest entrance, thanking the forest keeper. Back to your hand, tapping and you're breathing. You breathe for a bit longer. Maybe take another sip of tea or observe your plant if that's what you're doing. 
And when it feels right, you open your eyes and begin to notice what comes up for you. Journal what comes up for you, even if it's seemingly unrelated. The sun is shining bright out my window right now, so I'm going to go ahead and close this podcast today with the invitation and encouragement to celebrate spring equinox, to research how your own ancestry may have celebrated spring equinox, to do a little bit of ritual, do a little bit of ceremony. It's really good for us as human beings because we are social and community-minded human beings. And to get outside, it's that time of year. If you're enjoying this podcast, there's one thing I do ask from you, and that is please share it with someone that you think would benefit from a slow wellness journey. Sharing this podcast is one of the best ways I've found to get the word out and to benefit more people with slow wellness. Happy Equinox! If you are enjoying what you're learning here on the podcast and you'd like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Slow Wellness Practitioner to go deeper in your slow wellness journey with Sandy or to order a custom herbal creation to meet you where you most need botanical support, visit her business website at womanactivated.com.